Greetings, Westover. Whether you're joining us in the room or joining us online, we're so delighted that you have joined us. Today, I have the great privilege of continuing a series that we started just a couple days ago entitled Thrive. And the whole purpose of this series is to remind us that God created you and I to thrive. He seeks to help us thrive and advance in our life. And that's the purpose of the series that we are in. And today I have the great privilege of talking to us about the purpose of pruning. The purpose of pruning. Now pruning is simply the process of removing something that is unnecessary to increase fruitfulness. And pruning, when it's done right, there is always a purpose to the pruning. Now, my first encounter, one of my first encounters with pruning happened just a couple of weeks into me being married. Now, my wife, we'd just gotten married and we were happily wedded and things were going fantastic. But one of the things that I did not realize is that something something was going on that I didn't understand. Because for you see, all wives go to wives' school. They all go to wives' school. And by the way, there's no study manual for men. It's only for the ladies. And uh, I'll tell you, I don't know where wives' school is located, um, but I'm a little concerned about the curriculum. Some of the things that wives learn is very helpful, but... From my opinion as a husband, most of it isn't. So I'm a little concerned about wives' school. And one of the things that, I, that my wife learned at wives' school was this point, is that she came to believe that everything in the house belonged to her. The house and everything belonged to her. And so one day I wake up, it's a Saturday morning, and I know that it's a Saturday morning because I woke up and I was looking for my favorite shirt. Now, my favorite shirt was this Hawaiian shirt. It was red and orange, and it was so comfortable. So I go into my closet to retrieve my shirt, and it's not there. So I go, and I look in all the regular places where it could be, and to my surprise, it's gone. It's gone. So what I do is I walk into the living room, and my wife is sitting there comfortably in the couch watching TV, and I say, where's my shirt? And she says, what shirt? I said, my Hawaiian shirt, the red and orange shirt. And she said, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, And at that moment, I realized that she was not being 100% honest with me. And I said, I asked her point blank. I said, did you give away my shirt? And she says, yeah, I gave away your shirt. I thought you didn't want it, so I gave it to Goodwill. I said, how can you give it away to Goodwill? I wore it two weeks ago. I love that shirt. She said, Jonathan, the shirt is hideous. I did you a favor. And anyways, I have a plan to get you new shirts, and I'm clearing out the old so that I can get you new shirts and put them in the closet. Now, I'll just tell you, my wife did me a favor. The shirt was ugly. It was a train wreck. Uh, As you can see, she's gotten me better shirts. She's done a great job. The only thing, the only thing that I have yet to see happen in the 11 years that we've been married is I've yet to see the extra space that she promised. She promised extra space in the closet's yet to happen. Babe, we've got a couple decades to go. You can still, uh, you know, fulfill that promise. I'm looking forward to seeing that in the next day or so. Please do that for me. 
Uh, the same is true in our spiritual lives. Just like my wife pruned something out of my life that wasn't helpful, God does the same thing in our experience. There's a divine purpose to pruning. And I want to invite you to turn with me, join me in John 15, verses 1 and 2. And if you happen to have the Westover app, open it up. We have notes there for you to follow along. So let's read together verses 1 and 2. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. This is Jesus speaking. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. For you see, and this is the big idea of this entire message, and if you can get this, this anchors everything else that you will hear. This is the big idea. God accomplishes His divine purpose of increased fruitfulness through pruning. God accomplishes His divine purpose of increased fruitfulness through pruning. His divine purpose is for us to be fruitful. But he accomplishes that through pruning. And the reason we know that that is God's divine purpose is when we look in the book of Genesis, the first words that enter into Adam's ear is God telling him to be fruitful. From the very beginning, it's God's design that we would be fruitful. But sometimes he needs to prune things out of our life so that we can be fruitful. You and I, we were created to thrive. We were created to be fruitful. And fruitful is simply when we are doing something that makes a difference. But the pruning is the pathway to increase fruitfulness in our lives. So today, I want to share with you the three purposes of pruning. There are three purposes to pruning. Purpose number one, pruning is always motivated by God's love for us. Verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my Father, that refers to His love for us, is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Pruning communicates God's love, and it's always motivated by His love for us. Proverbs 3.12 says this, For the Lord corrects those He loves, just as a father corrects the son in whom He delights. Now, if you're a parent, you know that parenting is perpetual pruning. For most of us, it's 18 years. For some of us, it's a little longer. The term gets extended a little longer, especially if they're still living in the house. But when we're living with our kids and our students, we're constantly telling them things like, clean up your room, pick up your shoes, pick up your plate from the table, stop picking your nose, all these other things. Pay attention. Stop listening to music. Pay attention, focus, focus, focus. And pruning does not stop no matter where we go. A couple days ago, I had the great privilege of being a camp counselor at kids camp. I had nine boys directly under my charge, and I actually had a total, there were a total of 18 kids with another dorm leader in our dorm. And I'll tell you, it's an adventure. Uh, It's a great time. We had a fantastic time. And I just want to say, the, the kids, they had a great time. They made friends. They ate more junk food than you would be comfortable with. They connected. They connected to God. And I just want to say thank you to you parents for entrusting your kids to us 
so that we could help them connect to God because they encountered God in a brand new way. And it's because you were willing to say yes and send them to camp. I think you guys deserve an applause for sending your kids to camp so that they could encounter the Lord. But I'm talking about pruning. So one of the things that we do at camp before we go to chapel is we send all of the kids to take a shower and clean up. And it just so happened one specific evening, I send my son to go get cleaned up. And just a couple minutes later, he comes back out fully dressed and he says, Dad, I'm done. And I said, Aiden, I'm so proud of you. Great job. And as I'm running my hands through his hair, I am horrified because his hair is completely dry. It's not just damp, it's completely dry. And so I look at my son and I ask him the question, did you use shampoo? And he gives me the deer in headlights look. He said, uh-huh. And I said, Aiden, you did not use shampoo. And then I did what every self-respecting parent would do, and I regretted it the instant I did it, <laughs> is I smelled him. <laughs> it was awful. It was awful. Uh, I think I gagged a little. Um, he had the smell of wet puppy dog. And so something stirred up in my spirit, and I said, get back in there and use shampoo and use soap, or else you will face discipline. What I really wanted to tell him is, you don't know, son, how great my chancla game is. You better get back in there because it's coming at you. I didn't say that, but I, I was thinking it. I was among other kids. I wanted to set the right example. But the reason, and and just to to let you know, he did clean up. He got it done. But just to let you know, the reason why I pruned his behavior is because I love him. I love my son, Aiden. And I'm willing to remove things out of his life that will impede his success and his fruitfulness and his future. And God works the same way. He prunes us because he loves us. And sometimes... Sometimes when he prunes us in our life, it comes in the form of the word no. Sometimes God tells us no, and we get frustrated by it. But what I want you to know is this, is that God's no is never a rejection. It's always a redirection. It's always a redirection. He's not rejecting us. He's redirecting us because he has the power of perspective. He's able to see beyond the horizon. He's able to see the potholes and he's able to see the speed bumps. He's able to see the cliffs that we will drive our life off of if we choose to continue on the path that we are on. And so sometimes he says no, but it's not to reject us. It's because he wants us to be even more fruitful. I've also learned that when God says no, what he actually is saying is, I have something better in mind for you. Yeah, yeah. I have something better in mind for you. And so if you've applied for a job or a promotion and, it, and the door has shut, what God is saying to you, and I'm here to tell someone, this has been in my spirit all week, If God has closed the door, what he's saying to us, church, is I have something better for you. I want to entrust something better to you. If a relationship has ended and you know, you know that God closed that door. 
What God is saying to you is, I have someone better in store for you. You're going to get a relationship upgrade. It's coming. It's coming. When God says no, he always is saying, I have something better in mind for you. The second purpose of pruning is pruning removes hindrances from our lives. Verses 1 and 2, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Listen to this. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now, a gardener, what they do is they remove the dead and the dying and the unnecessary in a plant because all of those things steal energy from the parts of the plant that have the opportunity to thrive. And a great gardener does that. And that's what God is. He's our gardener. He removes things. He removes hindrances from our life because he wants us to thrive. We all know this. Not everything that grows is beneficial. Poison ivy and poison oak. It grows, but it's not beneficial. Moldy bread. It grows, but it's not beneficial. And this is just me speaking. Uh, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, and lima beans. They grow, but I don't like them. So they're not beneficial to me. One of the things that I recently learned while I was studying this, these verses was this. And I learned something about grapevines. And I think it's very interesting that, that God uh, inspired the Apostle John to write about grapevines because grapevines have something very unique about them. Not every part of the grapevine actually produces grapes. There's only certain spots on the grapevine that actually produces grapes. And a wise grape grower, a vine grower, what they do is they remove the parts of the grapevine that do not produce fruit so that the branches that actually do produce fruit are more fruitful. They remove the hindrances off of the vine so that the vine can actually produce fruit. The same is true in our spiritual walk. God removes hindrances from our life because He is fully committed to maximizing your potential. God is fully committed and invested to maximize your potential. He's willing to do whatever it takes so that you can be fruitful and maximize your potential. And hindrances are simply things that get in the way. And some of us, we have very significant hindrances. Some of us, we struggle with uh, unhealthy attitudes or dysfunctional relationships or maybe behaviors that are addictive in nature. And I just want to let you know, we love you. And if you're struggling in these areas, talk to one of us privately as a pastor. We'll keep it private. But what we'd love to do is get you connected to a support group. We'd love to get you connected with a professional counselor so that you can remove the hindrances in your life and you can move and transition into a place of fruitfulness. But some of us, we actually have hindrances that seem like not a big deal. And so in business, they call these hindrances, they call them behaviors that create sideways energy. Behaviors that create sideways energy. And basically, they're behaviors that leak out energy and divert energy away from a focused goal. Some of us in our life, we have an addiction to digital distraction. We're addicted to digital distraction. We're constantly wanting distraction. We're surfing 
We're looking at our phones. We're paying attention to what people are posting. And we do things that are mindless just because we want to be distracted. And others of us, we are addicted. We are afflicted with the disease to please. Afflicted with the disease to please. Everything that we do is intended to people please and to get affirmation and to get celebration. And some of us, we wake up in the morning and we, the first thing we do is we check our phone. Did they like my post? Did they share my post? Did they comment? What did they say? And you're waiting for the notification, the ding, 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 because you want to know, did someone approve of what I've just posted? Well, I've got some news for you. If you live for people's approval, you'll die from their disappointment. If you live for people's approval, you'll die from their disappointment. God created us to please Him. Yes, we're supposed to show up in relationships with people and and connect with them. But we're not created to people please. We're here to please the Lord. I have found, I have found... And some of us, we struggle with this idea of God pruning things and removing things from our life because we feel like God is setting us up for a boring and difficult life. But I have found that if God removes, He always replaces. If God removes something from my life, He always replaces it with something better. So if I've got selfishness or pride or resentment, if I allow Him to remove that from my life, What I then begin to receive from Him is love and joy and peace and the fruit of the Spirit. But we must be willing to allow Him to remove the things in our life and allow Him to replace it with something that is going to be better for us. God wants us to maximize our potential. Don't dabble in transformation, church. Pursue God's pruning. He wants great things for you and I. And we've just got to be willing to say, yes, God, I'll allow you to remove the hindrances from my life. The third purpose of pruning is that it improves our potential for growth. Verse 2 says, every branch that does bear fruit, he's speaking about us. Every one of us that bears fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. God prunes us so that we will be even more fruitful. God prunes us who are fruitful to make us more fruitful because purposeful pruning stimulates focused growth. Purposeful pruning stimulates focused growth. When we remove things in our life, what it ends up happening is then we begin to focus on the things that really matter. I also learned about grapevines is that grapevines only have enough energy to nourish a few branches well. And so what a wise vine grower does is he doesn't let all of them grow because if he lets everything on the vine grow, none of the branches will be fruitful. You'll have a whole lot of leaves and no fruit. So a wise vine grower, they don't focus on foliage, they focus on fruit. They don't focus on leaves, they focus on fruit. God wants us to do that. And when we prune intentionally, what it does is it focuses the energy of the grapevine so that the grapevine can be even more fruitful. You and I, we have precious resources, time, energy, focus, financial resources. And I want to encourage you to take 
those resources and invest them on purpose. They should only go, that, those resources should only go to what's best, what's most fruitful, and what's indispensable in your life. Hear me, church. God wants us to take the limited resources that he's given us, and he wants us to focus it, to accomplish his purpose. He has great things for us. Now, Jim Collins, he is a business guru. And he said in a couple of his books, good is the enemy of great. Some of you have heard this before, but I have good news for you. I want you to know that Jim Collins did not come up with that idea because it's found in scripture. It's found in verse two. And I want you to look at this. We see it in scripture. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. God wants you and I to be even more fruitful. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to have the great things in life. Church, we need to get excited about this, that God desires for us to thrive. Now, some of you may be thinking, okay, pastor, I know I need to thrive. I want to prune things in my life. What do I need to do? Well, I'm glad you asked because I want to share with you two habits of high achievers. Two habits of high achievers are very simple. The first habit of high achievers is that they have learned to say no. Learn to say no. Good is the enemy of great. Sometimes we need to say no to the good, no to the hindrance, no to the things that generate sideways energy so we can then say yes to what is great. And if our hands are full with distractions and different things, we don't have the energy to take hold of the great that God wants to entrust to us. The second is to invest your energy and your resources intentionally. Invest intentionally. The resources that God has given you, time, energy, focus, financial resources, only invest them in the people and the activities that generate the greatest amount of fruit. Because God created us to thrive. He created us to be fruitful. And he wants to accomplish that in our experience. And so the way I do it, the way I translate this into my own life, is when I'm doing something, I ask myself this question. What is the best use of my time right now? What is the best use of my time right now? Whenever I ask that question of myself, what I discover is I discover God's best. I discover the pathway to increased fruitfulness. And if you're willing to do the same, you'll discover that God will meet you there. He'll make you more fruitful. He'll make you more productive. And I just want to say that God wants to give you wisdom and insight and discernment and transformation and new things in your life and peace and joy. And if we're just willing to focus on Him, He wants to give that to us so that we can make an impact. You and I, we were created to thrive. We were created to make an impact. God wants to accomplish that. And if we're willing to listen to him and say, God, prune me so that I can be fruitful, he'll do it. He'll do it. I want to leave you with this final thought. And this is a quote by A.W. Tozer, a theologian. And this is what he says. God cannot use a man or a woman until he wounds, and I submit to you, prunes them deeply. God cannot use us unless he prunes us deeply. And church, I just want to encourage you, allow God to prune you deeply so that he can use you greatly. 
God wants to do great things in your life. God wants to do great things in your experience. God wants to do great things in every area of your life. But we've got to be willing to say yes. God will not prune. He respects us. He will not prune us unless we allow him to do so. Allow him to prune your life so that then he can use you greatly. We see in this third point that it, pruning increases our potential for growth. But we only have the potential for growth. The way it becomes actual growth, the way we accomplish transformation is when we say to God, you have permission to prune me. You have permission to remove the things in my life that get in the way. And as I close, I want to invite you to stand with me. And those of you who are joining online, I just, I want you to focus for a moment. What is God whispering What is he whispering? What is he saying? My child, I want to remove this out of your life because it's a hindrance. It's generating sideways energy. Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship. Maybe it's a self-destructive behavior. Maybe it's a negative attitude. And the Lord is saying, my child, if you're willing to allow me to prune that, I will make you fruitful. I will increase in your life and I will do all of the things that you're dreaming of. I have great things for you if you're just willing to allow me to do the thing that I want to do to remove those things that get in the way. Church, we just have to be willing to say yes to Him. And so I ask that as we, as we pray, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to have a private moment with the Lord. He's been whispering. He's been whispering for weeks. He's been whispering for months, maybe even years. And we say, God, I can't give that up. And he's saying, my child, if you you let it go, I will replace it with something more magnificent. I will open the doors of heaven and bless you beyond compare. If only you're willing to say yes. So church, say yes in your own heart. Yes, Lord, I'll let you prune me. Yes, Lord, I'll let you prune me. Let me pray for you. God, we come to you and we say, Lord, here we are. You have permission to prune things in our life. Help us let go of the past so that we can take hold of the future that you have in store for us. We yearn in our hearts to thrive. We want to do great things. We want to see you move. We want to see you move the mountains in our life. We want to see you transform our experience in our marriages, in our workplaces, every area that we touch, Lord. We want to see you do great things. And so, Lord, we say today, yes, Lord, you have permission to do heart surgery in our life to prune us deeply so that you can use us greatly. Take all that we are. We entrust it to you. We entrust our struggles and our difficulties and the hindrances that are in our life so that we can see you do fantastic and amazing things. God, work in the hearts of your people today. We need you, Lord Jesus. 
And so, God, we say we love you, we worship you, and we say all of this in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people say, Amen. 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 We are so glad that you have joined us today. God has great things for you. He wants you to thrive. Go in the love of God. You are 